Hey Harvest, wonderful to be able to share with you the word today. My name is Frank Seixas, I'm the lead pastor for the Ocho Community Church. You know, I am so glad to hear and to watch what God is doing through you right in Cornwall. Wow, you guys are moving ahead. You know, the Church of Jesus Christ is well and alive. You are advancing, moving forward. It is wonderful to be able to partner with you as we advance the Kingdom of God together. This morning, I want to share with you a message about storms and how to go through, not only go through, but how to have victory over the storms. We are in a storm right now and, uh, you know, together, but you know, we go through personal storms and this message will apply to whatever storm you go through, God wants to give you victory. I hope we will bless you. We love you. Can't wait to see you personally. God bless you. Have a great, great Sunday. I have a word of the Lord for you this morning that I believe is going to encourage your spirit, encourage your heart. It's going to be talking about surviving the storm, surviving the storm. You know, you all know that we are going through a storm. I want to minister to uh, you today how to survive. I want to give you some nuggets, some principles in how to survive the storm. Not only the storm that we are facing now, but any storm that you will face. You see, I want you to open your Bibles in Acts chapter 27. Acts, Acts chapter 27. It is, of course, a, a big portion of Scripture. I am not going to read it to you, but I want you to have that ready for you to follow along. So I'm going to try to summarize that passage. I'll read a couple of verses here and there because I want us to condense that in a time where uh, we can use that Scripture to be an encouragement to you and to me as we go through times of a storm. So if you have your Bibles open in Acts chapter 27, if you read from verse 1 to verse 8, you're going to find out that Paul is in prison. Paul is taking uh, in prison and he is going from Caesarea into the island of Crete. He is a prisoner. He's not by himself. It has, he has two people with him that he knows. One of them is Luke, but the other one is also a disciple of him. They go as a prisoner into this ride, into this ship ride, if you may. Now, it was common for Roman soldiers to go and accompany the prisoners into the ship. So this ship is not only a ship that is carrying prisoners, but it's a ship that is carrying all sorts of things. It's going from Egypt to Rome, and they get into this ship. There, are, there is about 276 people in this ship. Now, they pass to Crete, and they keep going. Now, their final destination, of course, would be Italy. And Paul told them that they should not proceed on their trip because Paul began to warn them that's going to be a great loss you guys going to going to uh, it's going to be dangerous don't go let's stay here let's wait until this this you know for a couple of days but of course they don't don't listen to Paul Paul was, of course, is not speaking as a prophet at that time. Paul has been on the waters before. You see, right where they were, there was a season of, uh, of storms. And so from September to November, there was a season that was great storms that they would come suddenly. This is where we are reading right now is around October, right in the beginning of October. So Paul knew there was storms that were coming just by experience. And so he tell them, don't go. But of course, 
uh, the captain of the ship. Don't, don't, don't listen to them. The soldiers, nobody listens to him. They follow their own idea, their own, I guess, instinct or greed or whatever you may call it. And they proceed and they keep going. Now, a good start is made from Crete, but the, from Crete, but the ship, of course, uh, quickly encounters a great storm. Now, to the point where, in verse 14, if you read it, the type of storm that they go through, before a very long, before very long, a wind of hurricane force, a wind of hurricane force. That's when Paul comes and speaks to the captain and the crew. In verse 21, it says this, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, man, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you'd have spared yourselves his damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. Now, you know, Paul warned them. They didn't listen to the war. Now they are all afraid. And Paul said, hey guys, I told you that that was going to happen. Did your mom ever tell you that if you do this, that's going to happen. Don't do it. Or, and you didn't listen to it. Well, that's kind of the same thing. Paul said, don't do it. They went and then Paul, Paul told, got back to them and said, I told you so. Man, I don't like to hear those words. You know, I told you so. Now, there are some things in this passage here that are in this story that I believe is going to help you and I to navigate through the storm that we are going through. Again, of course, you know that uh, we are going through this, uh, this uh, COVID-19 and uh, it's, it's a, you know, this virus that is spreading and causing fear and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, it's a storm that we are going through. So several things about this story that I believe is going to be a blessing to us here. If you're taking notes, make a note of this. Number one, they were all on the same boat. They were all on the same boat. Now, let me remind you, if you read chapter, chapter 27, verse 1 and 2, you're going to find out that Paul was there with two disciples of him. It's when it says in verse 2, us, it was a guy, I, mean, I don't know if I'm going to say the name right, but it's Aristarchus, Aristarchus, whatever his name was. And of course, Luke was there. There was the centurion or the guards. There was the crew of the ship. There was people that were with them. Now they're all facing the same storm. They're all facing the same storm. They all need to be rescued or need to be saved. They were all on the same boat. The storm did not just, you know, kind of protected. Everybody was protected because there was three people that belonged to God there. All of them were in the same boat, saved and unsaved, just like us right now. We're all facing what we are facing right now. Now listen to this. Satan uses storms to bring suffering. God uses suffering to bring salvation. Satan uses a storm to bring suffering, but God uses suffering to bring salvation. I believe There'll be a lot of salvation happenings as a result of the storm that we are facing. See, I want you to believe that too. I believe that what the devil meant for bad, God's going to turn around and make it for good. Number two is this. There are reasons to fear. We know that. But there is even greater reasons not to fear. There are reasons to fear. But there are even greater reasons not to fear. They're at sea for a while now. 
Several days they were going through the sea. Verse 20, it says, when neither sun nor stars appear for many days. Now imagine that. They are sailing and there is, they can't see anything for days. And the storm continued raging. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. They are facing a big storm. They have been at sea for a long time. They already they are fearful. They are tired. They are hungry. The, the winds are not calming down, but the winds are keep on blowing. They don't know the end of the thing. There is no end in, in light. There is no, no light in the end of this tunnel over here. They have a reason to be fear, but watch what happened. Um, chapter 27, verse 23 and 24. For there... And then uh, Paul begins to say, For there stood by me this, this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Now, listen, this is Paul, the great apostle Paul that you and I know. Why would God tell him, don't be afraid if Paul wasn't afraid? Paul was scared. Paul was afraid. See, this storm was going for several days. They don't know what's going to be happening with that boat. See, everybody's probably running around and all of that. And, and Paul is afraid. But the angel of the Lord appears to him and tell to, tells Paul, hey, not only your life is going to be spared because there is a purpose. You have to fulfill a purpose, but also everyone that is going to be with you. So, you know, listen, there are reasons to be fearful. But there are even greater reasons for not to be afraid. What are the greatest reasons? Well, there was a man of God on that boat then. And there is the word of the Lord. And there is the presence of God back then. And there is a presence of God right now. See, here is what I want to emphasize. You see, if there is a word of the Lord for us in the midst of the storm, God's not allow us to drown. Can you say amen to that? See, Paul tried to warn them. They did not listen. Verse 11 on, on chapter 20, 27. But the centurion, instead of listening to Paul, he said, follow the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. In other words, forget about what this guy is saying. Go right ahead. Now listen, the storm comes why there was no reason to fear then and why there is no reason to fear now. Here is what I want us to understand. Because of the word of the Lord, because of the presence of God in our lives. Those are the reasons why we don't have to fear. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Listen, is there a word of the Lord over your life? Is there a word of the Lord over us as a house, as a church? Is there a word of the Lord over you? I believe so. You say, Pastor, well, I don't know. Listen, there is a word of the Lord over our lives. And there is a word of the Lord over the house of God that you and I go to. Well, but uh, Pastor, what is that word? Let me just give you Isaiah 43. Because this is a word that everybody can hold on to. Here's the word. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob... He who created, who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you go through coronavirus, I'll be with you. When you go through a loss of job, I'll be with you. When you go through a loss of someone that you love, I will be with you. When you go through a uh, 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 just an a, a issue in your health or issue on your family or on your marriage or with your children, 
I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Why? Because here's what it says in verse 3. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Church, we can get a hold of this scripture, this word, and personalize that to us. You know, listen, if I would personalize that scripture, but now this is what the Lord says to Frank. He who created you, Frank, Frank. He who formed you, Frank. Don't fear. I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When Frank, when you go through whatever it is that you're going through, know this, that I will be with you. And you know, you can take that promise, folks, of the word of God. I don't know what you're going through emotionally or physically or financially or whatever that might be. Take the word of the Lord. If you have the word of the Lord in your spirit, the word of the Lord in your heart, nothing can shake you. Can you say amen to that? No reason to be fearful. I bind fear in our midst in the name of Jesus. And I'm talking about fear, folks. I don't talk about this. You know, man, you know, am I going to die because of this? No, no, no. You know, it's the fear that I'm talking about, that spirit of fear, man, that can come and say, what now? What's going to be happening to us now? What's going to be the future economy now? What's going to be? I don't know, but I know who I trust. I know that my God's going to get us out of this thing, man. I know that whatever happens, God's going to take care of us. Can you say amen to that? See, that's why we sow. That's why we are gentle. This is the time for us to trust God and sow and believe God with our generosity, our time, our talents our resources, everything that we have, we are putting our trust in God. Can you say amen to that? Number three, you can't control your feelings, but you can control your feed. You can't control your feelings, but you can control your feed. In other words, sometimes, you know, it's hard to control how we feel, but boy, you can't surely control what you are feeding your feelings. Watch this, verse 33 to verse 37. It says, and as day was about to dawn, Paul implored them all to take food, saying, Today is the 14 days you have waited and continued without food and eat nothing. Now listen to these guys. They're in the midst of the sea. They are scared. They think they are going to drown. They think they are going to die. They have eaten nothing. Therefore, Paul is saying, I urge you to take nourishment. I urge you to take nourishment. For this is for your survival, since not a hair will fall from your head from any one of you. And when he, when, when he had said these things, Paul now, he took the bread and he gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he broke, they ate it together. Then they were all encouraged and also took food for themselves. And in all, we were 276 persons of the ship. Listen very carefully. Listen very carefully. What do you need in time of the storm? If, you're, if you are in a storm and you don't have food to sustain you, you cannot fight. You cannot battle. Listen to me. On this storm that you and I are going through, you better have some bread. What is it, pastor? The word of God. And you, have a, you, you better have some prayer, some, some of, uh, you know, prayer. Pastor, we got to, we got to, we got to, we got to eat. Yes, you got to eat. What do we eat? We eat spiritual food during times of, you know, storm. What do we do? We get the, the, the bread of the word of God in prayer. The word of God in prayer. That will keep you strong. That will keep you, you know, going. Listen, spiritually, spiritually nourish your soul. Make sure that during this season 
of the storm that you're going through, you are well nourished with the word of God and with prayer. Number four, you may lose the ship, but you're not going to drown. You may lose the ship, but you're not going to drown. Verse 41, but the ship struck the sandbar and ran aground. This is by the time they're already going through the storm. They are, you know, in a place, that they, they see a land, and that's where Malta is. And uh, so anyways, they, the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The boats stuck fast and would not move, and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escape. Imagine that. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and then get to land. The rest were, were there. The rest were to get there on planks or on older pieces. In other words, they're supposed to hold on to the pieces and to the planks of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. Hey, there were losses then. There are certainly losses now. But God is faithful, faithful to preserve your life. There were losses then on this story, as well as there's losses now. But God is faithful to preserve our lives. What is more important, folks? What is it that really we are holding on to? What is it that is going to take us to, to true salvation? What is Paul talking about? What is this scripture he is talking about? Well, folks, listen. Whatever it is that you have to do, you got to begin to put your trust in eternal things. Things are going to be lost down here. But folks, you and I are going to lose anything? I tell you what, no. Why, why not? Well, because what we really have to lose, really, that would count, man, if we lose this, we are doomed, we're done, is our salvation. Eternity, folks, you've got to keep our eyes on eternity. Now watch this. What is more important? Our possessions, our own agendas, or eternal salvation? What is more important right now? Our salvation or our possession? I think, folks, it's time for us to really firm our spirit and our hearts on the things that are above, on the things of the Lord. That's what we need to be doing. And whatever it is that we lose, because these guys lost everything. I mean, the ship was gone. And they had to hang on for their dear lives to get into the, in safely into the land. I tell you what, I'm so glad there was some stuff that they could hold on to. And um, let me get into that a little bit later. Number five, learn to swim where you used to sail. Learn to swim where you use to sail. Verse 43 and 44, But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to hold on the planks and on the other pieces of the ship. And this way, everyone reached land safely. Listen carefully. Jesus overcome the storm by speaking to it. Remember that? Jonah overcame the storm by sacrificing his own life. He jumped and that was it for him unless, of course, God came and rescued him. Paul overcame the storm by swimming in it. Now listen, 
Paul already have gone. Remember I told you 3,500 miles. He probably have been around the, the city. He used to be on boats going there. Of course, he was, you know, this is a guy that, that suffered shipwrecked and all that. But the bottom line is this, folks. You know, there are seasons in our lives where we can be on the comfortable of the boat. But there are seasons in our lives where we have to just jump off that boat or maybe we are forced to jump off the boat just right now and we need to swim. And if we need to hold on to, we need to hold on to something. Can you say amen to that? But we needed to do it. What does, what does it mean? It means, folks, that our faith has to grow. What used to be so beautiful and so easy, no issues. Well, if you have to now take a little bit of effort and some of you are going to have to have, have to do a lot of more effort in the days to come. You know, we don't know what's this month's that is uh, waiting for us. We don't know how much of effort we are going to do, but boy, oh boy, we better believe, folks, that we're going to have to do some swimming, praise God. And God's going to be with us. See, God's going to be ready. See, these people all could have said, well, I guess God didn't deliver us. We're just going to die here. No, 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 no. Some swam to the, to the land and some got a hold of some plank. See, now notice this word, hold on. Say, hold on. Hold on. All right. Hold on the planks. What does it mean? It means you don't worry about tomorrow. Hold on to other pieces means you count your blessings instead of your problems. Oh man, can you imagine? You know, you're on the sea. You, are, you, you could say, oh, you know, uh, this is so bad. And No, I'm grateful there is a little, little piece of you know, wood that I can hold on to and get myself into shore. You see, you got to look at this situation right now, folks, and whatever it is that God's giving us and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you have given us. Thank you that you have provided for us. Thank you for the little things that you have given us. This hold on, folks, means that, hey, listen, God's not going to let us drown on the sea. God's going to give us something that we can hold on to. We're not going to worry. We're not going to have anxiety. We're going to trust God for the future. Number six and last one is this. When, when our resources fail, our source is faithful. When our resources fail, our source is faithful. Now, if you keep on reading that scripture in, verse, in chapter 28, verse 1 and 2, it says they, were, they arrived in this, in this uh, city of Malta. And in there, look what it says about the people that were there. Once safely on shore, we found out that the islands were called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Acts chapter 28 verse 10. They also honor us in many ways. And when we departed, they provide such things as were necessary. What is it saying, folks? Listen, when our resources failed, they lost everything on that ship. They lost all the content of that ship. They lost everything. But they went in and they found kindness. They found people that were helping them. They found people that were for them. If you keep on reading that story, you're going to find out they even supplied them with a ship for them to keep on traveling. And there was just the mirror, the, the, like the one they had. What am I saying to this, folks? If this storm didn't affect you, show unusual kindness to those whom this storm has effect. You know, the truth of the matter is that we are living in a storm. And this storm has affected people in different ways. For some people, this storm didn't affect them too much. I mean, affect all of us in some ways. But 
maybe it's, it's not a big deal. Maybe it is what it is. Maybe they didn't lose their jobs and they are okay financially. They didn't get this distress financial that had in so many other cases. You know what? Or emotionally. Maybe this thing's not hating some people emotionally the way are some, some other people. Or spiritually, some people are more affected than others. And you know what? I want us to be a church and a people like there was in people of Malta because they, the Bible says here, unusual kindness they had. I think, folks, we can give. You know, I think that God can use us to be, you know, generous to people in whatever it is. Maybe this storm he didn't affect us financially. Well, let's be generous to others that this storm has affected financially. Maybe emotionally. Maybe you're okay emotionally. Well, let's help those who are not. Maybe spiritually didn't affect. Let's help those. See, when all this thing is over and people begin to come back, I want us to be a house that is ready to receive. Now, the last thing I want to tell you is this. God's provision is not only in abundance, but also in providing for our needs. These guys had everything that they need. They went back and they sailed back to where they needed to be with an, a brand new ship. They gave it, they got, it was a restoration completely. I believe that God's provision, don't undermine, don't underestimate God's provision over your life. You know, we are so glad that uh, you join us today, and, and, uh, and I hope that this word was a blessing to you. Maybe you are watching us for the first time, and maybe you are not saved. You don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. Why don't you accept Him right now? He died at the cross for you. Why don't you open your heart to Him? You know, the Bible says that if we repent of our sins, if we open our hearts to Him, He would come in and make a difference in our lives, not only here on this earth, but also in eternity. I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you're perhaps, you know, joining us, maybe you never prayed a prayer like this before. I want to give you that opportunity for you to do that right now. So I want to, don't you bow your heads and say this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I accept you in my heart as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you, Lord, and I give my heart to you. I repent of my sins and give my heart to you. Thank you for loving me the way you do. In Jesus' name, amen. So good to worship with you guys today. God bless you and have a wonderful week.